Hello and welcome to Hungry to Learn. My name is Birga and I'm greeting you today from Clarkston, Georgia. This is City 2 on my multi-city tour of learning about refugee resettlement in America. This is a work assignment that I was given and Clarkston, Georgia is rumored to have the largest concentration of refugees in about a one and a half square mile radius um, of anywhere in metropolitan U.S. cities. And so, I may have said that incorrectly, but you, you catch my drift. A huge concentration of refugees right here in little old Clarkston, Georgia. So, it sits outside of Atlanta. My understanding is Clarkston it has a population of about 12,000 people, and at least 50% of them are foreign-born. So, I got the opportunity to visit with a number of different refugee families yesterday and that was pretty remarkable. The first stop that we made was to the home of a Syrian refugee family. The woman spoke very little English. When we arrived she was on her phone with her mom and I don't know if her mom is still in Syria. Uh, communication was very limited and so I, I was unclear about where her mother was located but we did communicate enough for her to show us some photos of what once had been her home and it was just rubble. It was a decimated property that had been hit by a bomb. So she, her husband, and three children are now in Clarkston. The husband, to my understanding, works in a chicken factory, and their eldest daughter was in school at the time of our visit, and the younger two children, ages five and four, were at the house. And the kids were just ball, little balls of energy. They were so excited to have visitors in their home. They wanted to show me their notebooks and their pencils and their shoes, and they wanted me to draw them pictures, and they wanted to share with me their knowledge of the ABCs and just had a, a sweet time of visiting with that family. Our second stop was, the, uh, was to a home that is a Congolese family. And this was a husband and wife and at least two children. The husband was on his way out the door as we arrived. He also works in a chicken factory. And the wife was visiting with a friend. I spoke more with the friend than with the, with the hostess of the home. She had two young children. Uh, the baby was, was very fussy and needed her attention. And so I spent much of my time speaking with the friend. But she shared with me her story of being in a refugee camp. She said that she was there. She was fairly newly widowed and uh, at the time of the refugee camp arrival, she was two months pregnant when her husband was murdered. So she went to this camp pregnant and with five children ages six and under. I could not even begin to imagine the stress and the strain of, of a life like that. But she went on to tell me that the rations that she was supplied to feed her children was just not sufficient. And so every day she would go somewhere, and I, I was unclear on this, and again, just because of language barrier, she would go somewhere every day for approximately 12 hours, and I don't know if she was looking for work, I don't know if she was standing in line somewhere for additional rations, that was unclear to me, but the, the gist of the story was every day she would do this, come home when it was dark, would then have to collect firewood to make a fire, to or a cooking fire, to make a meal for her children, and the children were left in the care of the six-year-old for the day while the mother was away trying to get these extra supplies. 
I don't know if you know many six-year-olds, but can you imagine a six-year-old babysitting four or five younger siblings? It's mind-boggling to me. I don't know how anybody survives that, but they did that for five years. And she went on to share with me the stories of going out to the river at night to collect water. And that's when the crocodiles would come out. And she said there were many people that were killed or seriously maimed by crocodiles as they went to go collect water. And she was in that refugee camp for five years, which according to statistics is actually much, much less than a family normally spends in a refugee camp. The average duration is approximately 17 years before they are granted entrance into a host country. And so just all of this is so mind-boggling to me as I hear these people's stories and there is something about looking someone in the in the eyes and hearing their story firsthand and seeing their beautiful children and hearing the trauma and the horrors that they have been through all trying to get to a place of safety where they can build a home. After that we actually went to a labor and delivery unit of a hospital and met a mother who had just given birth by way of c-section to her third child these were Afghani Im- er, refugees, and the father was bleary-eyed, as you can imagine. They had two young daughters, and this was child number three, and just hearing a little bit of their story, and just at the end of the day, again, walking away with a sense of gratitude for the things that I have been so privileged to experience in my life, and the utter lack of suffering that I have had very, very thankful for what I have experienced. But then again, just a fresh perspective to what these families face as they try to find a place of safety for themselves and for their children. So I continue on on this journey. I don't really have a concluding point in this particular podcast, just wanted to provide the update as I had said I would last time about some of the things that I'm learning on this journey to understand refugee resettlement in America. So many blessings on you as you continue to learn and grow in the things that you have been assigned. Until next time, this is Hungry to Learn.